0: uh yes uh mine is fine it's not gonna upset well okay no i take that back it might upset some people but it's not like a it's not cannibals
1: it's not people ruining pizza It's
0: not exploding testicles i didn't say that so it is exploding testicles no it's not exploding testicles but there might be some cannibalism
1: Wee woo, maybe cannibalism.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's wee woo, wee woo, maybe cannibalism. Not exactly not cannibalism, cannibalism, but sort of cannibalism. It's not cannibalism in the way that you're thinking about cannibalism.
1: Technically cannibalism.
0: Welcome to the strange
1: and unusual, where we discuss the strange and unusual. This is episode 43 of our series, seeking out the weird, the unexplained, and the devious from around the world. I'm Roya.
0: And I'm Casey.
1: Today, we will be like the Spanish. Yep. <laughs> like the Spanish, and conquer the Canary Islands. My wordsmith. My, that's me. My senior partner. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> The spanch <laughs> the spanch. So what are you talking about today, Casey? Since I care so much. Two episodes in a row, I care so much.
0: You do. So Look. Much. Listen, Markiplier. What Eve? Don't eat <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh, I'm talking about the Guanches and their Mummies. Surprise.
1: I am talking about a ravine that may be supernatural.
0: Ooh, shit. Okay. Is your scary?
1: Um, I don't, I personally don't think that it is scary, but there may be some people who do, especially if you are afraid of aliens.
0: Oh. Wee-woo, wee-woo, aliens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do you have... Like,
0: okay, I'm not gonna lie. The idea, the concept of aliens coming here does kind of freak me out. And I'll tell you why. It's because I don't know what the fuck they're gonna want. Yeah. Like, it scares me the idea of somebody coming up in here.
1: And being like, give and... us all your
0: fucking cats. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what they want from me. <laughs> the That idea of fearing the unknown doesn't hit me like anywhere except for what if fucking aliens come here <laughs> i can die you know whatever everybody dies whatever's fucking aliens that kind of freaks me <laughs> out it's just a really broad concept and i think because it's such a big thing it just kind of scares me well
1: yeah and i mean i think that it's it's one of those like you and i have touched on it before where it's like i think that it's completely inconceivable to think that we're the only intelligent or only living oh, yeah. things in all of the cosmos. You know, like yep. even if it's just uh, you know, bacteria Elitism or lives. something, you know, like yep. that's still a living thing. It's still eating, breathing, breeding, like and so it's the Yeah, whenever I think of people who are just like even even people who are like christian or have faith like that it's like okay sure like space wizard created us but why would we be the only creation like why Mm -hmm. are we the only experiment what makes us so special why
0: Why are you so selfish (laughs) (laughs) that's what i want to say yeah i always what makes you so goddamn special yeah
1: i always i always thought of it as being very very conceited to think Mm -hmm. that Human, like, Earth is the only planet with life on it in all of the everything.
0: Yep, I agree. But. So, the Guanches, they are an Aboriginal people of the Canary Islands. But for my specific story, it's specifically the Aboriginal people of Tenerife. And actually, from what I read, the Guanches Aboriginal people. My story also happens in Tenerife. (gasps) <gasps> oh shit alright so <laughs> what I read about this is that um, the like all aboriginals on the Canary Islands are now called the guanches but it's actually the Tenerife era aboriginals that were actually the technical Guanche. I'm very confused by it but it's like um, I don't know I can't think of a of a similar thing to to compare that with but that's what I heard so these are the these are the ones of Tenerife. So from my research the Guanches were peoples who originated from the Berber region of North Africa and though there is some conjecture this is fun this is a fun little factoid some people choose to believe that the Guanches people are actually descendants of Atlanteans. Ooh. Fancy, right? So they, like, escaped before the city sank or something like that and got to the island. I don't know. But that's, like, a big thing if you look it up. It's like, where are they from? They're from Atlantis. But they am, they're probably actually from uh, North Africa. <laughs> that's my story. Okay, good.
1: good five minutes.
0: Excellent work. They're estimated to have arrived on the islands at least 3,000 years ago, having been transported either by their own boats, which were then lost to time, or brought by some other peoples for them to colonize there. Yeah. They brought pigs, dogs, and goats. I mean, covering all the bases. Good good choices. Um, and were thought to um, grow some crops. And depending on which areas of the guanches you're talking about, there were some that ate mostly vegetables. And then some where it was like 60% goat and some cereals. So it really kind of depends on who you're who
1: you're looking wow, at. Sounds like modern times, <laughs> right? I was sitting and uh, Elise and I were having dinner last night while we were grabbing some stuff in Tulsa We or having sushi, and I was just like, "I'm so happy you're not picky," mm. because I have friends that are just like, "Do they have do they have chicken? I just want chicken." I have a friend that will go to a breakfast place, and you know what he'll order? Six no eggs. Any breakfast place. IHOP, Waffle House, Denny's, six eggs.
0: My old roommate, Eric, would make, uh, so he wouldn't eat like any vegetables. And so we made a meatloaf one time and I like cut these carrots and celery up really fucking small. and I was like, you will have a decent bowel movement if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> yeah,
1: I when I was younger, I'm still not crazy about onions, um, but I'll, I'm better about them now. But whenever mom would try to, like, she wanted to cook something with onions in it, like meatloaf, as an example, she would, like, Mm. mince them so small that there was, like, no Mm. way to discern them from, like, the meat. And that was how she also tricked me into eating onions. (laughs) I don't mind- I never
0: minded cooked onions. In fact, I've always preferred onion rings over french fries, but- i never liked raw onions and it's only recently that i've been like if you put like three little pieces of an onion on something i might eat it but that really overpowerful very oniony raw oniony taste i'm like "Mm, no fair i've
1: discovered it's one of my very few texture things i don't like crunching into an onion on something i don't expect to have a like vegetable crunch like that like a hamburger or pizza or stuff like that but i don't mind it in salad or like
0: i don't think i have a texture thing. that's my only one i think i I don't have any the i had for a while like beans like i didn't like a um firm outer skin of like a lima bean or something with like that really soft inside i didn't like that for a long time but now i'm like oh whatever i'm over (laughs) anyway we're good conversation about beans Uh, yeah (laughs) every episode's gonna have a bean reference now (laughs) me and the boys two am going to get beans (laughs) so uh so they lived mostly in caves or in circular stone huts uh, which they would thatch roofs over Um, goat's hides, clay, bone, rocks, hardened woods. These are all like the big staples of their day-to-day lives from clothing to jewelry to weapons and tools. However, this primitive living that Guanches people seem to have did not stop them from the ritual of mummifying their dead. Hmm. So some researchers, and I think there are seven Canary Islands Four of them have had different um, Guanche's mummies. But like um, Gran Canaria, they think that their mummies were accidental, which I'll get into. Um, So it is possible that upwards of 1,000 mummies were discovered within the caves of Tenerife when the Spanish came a-coming in the 1400s. they do,
1: unfortunately. Like
0: they do. Mummification seems to have been a common practice, and there have been mummies found, so I said four out of seven. So it was Tenerife, Gran Canaria, La Gomra, and El Hierro, I think, was the other one. Uh, But the best preserved mummies were those on Tenerife, because they had the best mummies. And only the upper crust of the Guanches people were mummified, while the plebs were buried in the sand. (laughs) Like... plebs (laughs) plebs <laughs> so i lost my place in the notes because i was laughing at my own joke from what i read th- uh while there was evidence of spontaneous mummification uh like those uh from san Bar- uh san bernardo uh in the columbia episode it's generally assumed that these are anthropogenic mummies and it speculated that there were these specialists, either male or female, depending on the sex of the corpse, who would handle this process. And unlike in many cultures, would get the middle finger after they were done because you're gross and you work with corpses. It's fucking shame. Me, out here advocating for death workers. Death workers, <laughs> sex workers. Woohoo! All kinds of workers. So, the process of mummification would take about 15 days. Methods would include evisceration. Brutal. Thrift. Yeah, right? Uh, The thoracic and abdominal incisions will be made uh, in some of these mummies, not all of them, uh, and remove the guts.
1: I wonder what made them pick some and not all.
0: How popular or famous or important you were. So, though this that's basically my next line is this may have been saved specifically for the best of the best in society only the best people get their (laughs) organs removed obviously yeah i mean (laughs) Um, preservatives were used studies have been done in the last 50 years that show minerals like red lapoli pumice stone and dirt They also found uh, evidence of needles from the Canary Island pine. What a good joke Uh, delivery that was. Well done. (laughs) The uh, Visnia Mocanera seed. Dragon tree blood.
1: That sounds cool.
0: (laughs) Grass. And charcoal. Wow. (laughs) I mean,
1: I would definitely consider grass and charcoal to be on the same level. As A
0: dragon tree. Yeah. Blood. And, oh, and solidified fat. Oh, essential part of any meal. Impressed. So uh, others would uh, and some of that was done subcutaneously. So it's like under the skin. Then some of the bodies were stuffed with sand, you know, for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's... I was going to
1: list a thing, uh, make a list of things that are fun. Stuffing a corpse with sand is definitely up
0: there. <laughs> it's up there. Likely, there was a sunning and or smoking process for dehydrating the corpse, which would make sense with being on a nice beach. You can just go out and put your corpse in the sun to get a nice little tan going on. <laughs> and then lastly... I just
1: imagine, like...
0: Weekend at Bernie style.
1: I-, I was thinking, I mean, yes... <laughs> But I was thinking more, like, can you imagine, like, an invading people coming and being like, let's go <laughs> fuck this place up and getting there. And there's just, like, a bunch of
0: corpses panning
1: on their beach and being like, mm, let's go back
0: home. <laughs> let's go home. <laughs> well, lastly, the mummy was wrapped in an animal skin. And the more animal skins you had, the cooler you were. Well, yeah, I mean... So, The Menseus, I think that's how you say it, the Mencaeus, I don't know, but they were like the kings, and they were said to be wrapped in 10 to 20 animal skins. Wow. Then they were put on a special mummy board, and finally (laughs) taken to a cave with a stone wall to be erected around them. The oldest dates of these mummies uh, place them at about the 4th century. And one of the fun things I had to read about was why, if they're 3,000 years old, are we looking at 4th century AD for how long ago this was? Mm-hmm. And the person who – God, I can't remember his name. I didn't write it down because I'm an asshole. But he was saying that the if they came from some other place and then deci- decided to start mummifying for whatever reason, whatever – Menseus decides hey you're gonna preserve my body because i'm the fucking king like that becomes the new cultural norm for this group of peoples yeah. and then they grow culturally from there so it likely wasn't something they brought with them yeah
1: they might have just had a one particular leader or person that was so influential mm-hmm. and important that they were like okay let's do this let's thing. save his body yeah
0: save it for later or like
1: maybe you know there was some i mean it could be any number of things like we looked at when we talked about the like to throw back to the yokai episode with japan that there were yokais brought up with the idea that the the priests could speak to the dead through charred bones Mm. because that's what this emperor said could happen So, like, it could just be as simple, like you said, of someone just being like, no, I'm awesome, keep me around, and then the next king is like, well, you know, you- I'm awesome. Yeah, I'm also awesome, and you kept the last (laughs) one around, uh, so you have to keep me around now, too.
0: Like- Yeah. Uh, But, fun fact, there are not many left. Would you like to know why? Because they got turned into potions and sold to England?
1: how did you know i mean i just went by what i knew about what happened to some egyptian mummies
0: so I just assumed. accidental cannibalism <laughs> no that is so, intentional cannibalism if you get i don't if you i don't think that people knew that they were taking real mummies i think the physicians fucking knew what they were doing but if me bob walking off the street just has a tummy ache and needs some medicine I don't think I'm going to go and be like, can I have something for a tummy ache? And the guy goes, here's some pills and I eat them and I don't know it's a mummy. Okay. Accidental cannibalism. I'm going to explain for the, for the good people listening who have no idea over time.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's probably for the
0: best. <laughs> so this is where things get a little fucked up. Everybody. Once upon a time, there is a little thing called mummia and it was a medical quote, medical powder. Uh, named for the Arabic word meaning basically mineral pitch. It was asphalt.
1: Yummy mummies.
0: Yep. Then this went back to like ancient Greek times that people were using this, by the way. So real far back. So this medicine was often prescribed by doctors, ye doctors, for like all sorts of shit. It was also thought to be an aphrodisiac and was pretty pricey. It was around the 12th century that mummia, which was used for both, this is fun, the bituminous medicine from Persia, and also mummy in Latin. Gets a little bit hazy here, and supplies of natural butumen ran short. These medical people, these physicians, they're like, mummia? Mummies? Mummies! <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> So, from what I read, it's like, first they're just scraping this black residue off of actual Egyptian mummies, just, like, taking the shit off of them. And then, the suppliers are like, fuck it, just send them the whole mummy. (laughs) So, preserved bodies were pulverized into powder and sold to people when you got the runs. Or maybe... Maybe you got a little little headache. Your noggin hurts. You just need a little mummy. You got ghosts in your blood. At first, only Egyptian mummies were ground up for this mummy, but by the fifteen hundreds the supply of Egyptian mummies was running short. <laughs>
1: yeah, they kept grinding them up. It's like those whales in Australia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So the Guanches mummies were then used effectively obliterating their dead and destroying whatever information the mummies could have shared with scientists about the history and prehistory of the Guanches people. Well over half of the bodies that the Spanish had found were taken for this, which I said was upwards of a thousand. That's a lot of fucking mummies. During the Renaissance, scholars were like, yo, uh, this translation dog is wrong and physicians were like oh shit okay we'll stop and they stopped i mean it didn't stop artists between the 17th and 19th century from continuing to use mummies in their paints but you know in case anybody was ever wondering where mummy brown got its name from mummies
1: <laughs> i've never heard of that color
0: no it's like a it's like a ochre or umber one of those ones that bob ross is used yeah. all the time Ochre is more but, yellow uh, you're
1: probably thinking about umber
0: so it was actually this you're gonna find this one real fucked up oh good mummy brown was originally made from white pitch myrrh and the ground up remains of ancient egyptian mummies both human and feline oh as well as Do you want mummy's curse that's how you get mummy's curse that's how you get a mummy's curse Uh, Occasionally, when demand was high, mummies would be substituted with more recent corpses, generally those of slaves and criminals, but possibly even the remains of French royalty at one point. Checks out. It fell in popularity once artists caught on to the actual composition of the paint.
1: If anybody wants the
0: digital um, numbers
1: for Mummy Brown, it's 82877 (laughs) if you want authentic
0: (gasps) mummy. That's right. Artistic, er, artistic. now I'm all confused. Artist Edward Byrne Jones was said to have given his tube of mummy brown a ceremonial burial in his garden immediately after he found out. His wife later said that their daughter planted a daisy root on top to mark the place it had been buried. FYI, for all you painters out there, your modern-day mummy brown is not made of real mummies. Damn. The last company to use real mummies in their mummy brown stopped that way, way, way back in, like, 1964. <laughs> I was gonna be, like, 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> was- <laughs> I don't remember... <laughs> It was like an old Caitlin Doty video. And I, I couldn't find it. I was trying to find it. But she basically said when this company was asked about it, they were like, yeah, we still have a few rando limbs just laying around, but not enough to make any more paint. <laughs> like, Jesus. Anyway, people nowadays do many interesting things with their remains of their dead loved ones. Adding cremated ashes to paint, tattoo ink, glass pendants vinyl records and just in case you were wondering there's a company in alabama called holy smoke that adds your loved one's ashes to live ammunition just what i wanted and that's how i went from guanchez mummies to what the fuck did i just read (laughs) you're welcome
1: mummy brown is kind of a pretty brown though
0: well that's why people loved it man gotta get me more of that mummy brown
1: it also appears that some uh, companies have renamed it.
0: To yes, that happened also. Caput
1: Mortuum.
0: But yeah, that's what I got, man. I was real excited about those mummies, and then I went, The fuck did I just read? Yeah. I went from one weird thing to another. Story. So enjoy. The story of our lives on this podcast. Double whammy on that one. <laughs> so tell me about your ravine and your aliens. All right.
1: So. Sorry, my brain just died for a minute. Give me a second. Barranco de Badajoz is a gorgeous ravine in Tenerife, Canary Islands, Spain, in the province of Santa Cruz de Tenerife, part of the municipality of Guaymar in the southeast of the island. The most significant prehistoric remains on the island were found in this area, demonstrating the aboriginal Guanchi activity. In addition, several guanxi mummies have also been found here in this specific ravine. This area also appears to be somewhat of a paranormal hotbed. Yes, bring
0: me the spooks.
1: At night, there are pockets of the ravine that have been described as places where time will stand still. All and any forms of timekeeping devices stop working and time does not appear to move forward while you are in this little pocket. I can just not age there? That's important later. Ooh, fuck. In the early 1900s, while digging for water, miners reported seeing tall, thin figures dressed completely in white. They gestured to areas of the ground um, just before the miners ran away in fear of these alien-like creatures. And later on, in the areas where these beings gestured, they found the water they were looking for. Arguably, one of the most famous stories to come out of this area is known as the Girl with the Pears. Oh, I like her already. I love pears. So again, in the late 1800s to the early 1900s, a young girl was sent to gather fruit in the ravine by her parents. She didn't return. Oh. There was an extensive search done with the surrounding area by her village, and no sign of her was ever found. Suddenly, though, that young girl came out of the ravine, looking exactly the same as she did when she went in, completely unharmed. 20 years later. Yes! She reportedly had not aged at all, and had no recollection of the missing time. To her, it felt like she had only been in the woods for moments. There is a firm belief that the root cause of this is often touted as the Rip Van Winkle effect of UFO abductions. Ooh. Many people who have experienced abduction abductions report that it feels like moments when in reality it's actually hours or sometimes even days or weeks
0: that they've been missing. Yes, I was just... Was I reading it or did I hear about it? The guy who was going to some military base and he called for a ride and the the base sent a truck to come pick him up and he was like he thought he was gone for only a few minutes and then he came back and he called the base again because they didn't send a truck out and they're like we came out for you three hours ago yeah i just read something about hmm. that Ooh.
1: she did remember what happened while she was in the ravine though she met a tall thin white being And rather than feeling any sort of sensation of fear associated with him, all she felt was like a warm, calm acceptance. She felt that he was extremely safe, and she felt very comforted in his presence. Which, again, is something that a lot of people who have experienced less traumatic uh, abductions will say. Is that there is just something calming about these entities. Like, they're putting an air out to try to help comfort you where you don't panic and don't get scared. And so she was led through the door of a cave into a beautiful garden where there were more of these creatures. And she visited with them and talked with them for a short while before being led back out of the woods, which is when she reappeared. So other strange phenomena have been photographed in the ravine Um, From mysterious lights in the sky to fields full of bouncing orbs to strange bioluminescent winged creatures. Ooh.
0: It's like the lady from Vietnam.
1: (laughs) So the one um, there are a couple of really interesting pictures uh, from this person who witnessed these things. It's hard to tell the authenticity because they look so strange that it looks tampered with Mm -hmm. but it basically just looks like if you've ever seen someone try to like take a photograph of like a firework or something being shot into the sky and you can just see kind of like the trail of light around it or -hmm. like watch like fire dancers or something when they're like a picture is taken of them and you can kind of see everywhere that the fire was in the amount of time it took for the photo to like develop in the mm-hmm. digital, even in a digital camera. And so that's what it looks like. Is it looks like it's something moving through the sky or through the area so fast that the light from it is like creating streams of light through it. Um, one of the pictures looks to me, if I saw the picture without reading anything about it, looks like a snake. Like, in a full, like, like, a cobra with its head pulled back. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I see what they're saying, it looks like a humanoid figure with, like, reptile wings. Which I can see in the image that they're describing. And that's not the only case of someone reporting something like that. But again, it's such a dramatic photo that it's kind of hard to understand how real it could be or if it's definitely been tampered with mm-hmm. so there's also nazis
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry are these alien nazis or just regular old nazis? i mean as
1: far as i know just regular nazis okay um so proceed the nazis were often in the canary islands throughout world war ii And there's some speculation that there was more to the islands than just their positioning. Hmm. Some strange items have been found in various caves in the ravine that appear to be directly from the the Nazi German occupation in the area. And there is some thought and a possibility that given the near obsession that the Nazi regime had with the occult that rumors of a strange ravine that might have aliens or other strange paranormal things happening very frequently in it might have reached some important ears within the regime to send people out specifically to this island, to Tenerife, to this specific area to try to investigate and figure out what's going on with it, which could be representative of the items being found in the caves as though maybe they were trying to find the specific cave that this little girl was led through to this garden where aliens were. Right. So, Hmm. and then, okay, so in the 90s, to jump ahead a little bit, there was just a slew of UFO sightings in the area all throughout the 90s. A lot of them would describe the same exact thing happening, even if they were spread out over different instances of this happening. Wow. So what they would describe is that basically you can stand in the ravine at a position to look out at the ocean. And it's supposed to be gorgeous. Like, this ravine is so beautiful. It's so much, you know, natural hiking trails and things like that. And some man made areas too, from where they kind of settled and were looking for water in it. But it's gorgeous. And so it attracts a lot of tourism just for the view alone. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also not a very hard hiking trail. And so, um, but there's a point in the ravine where you can, like, basically turn around and just see the ocean from where you're standing. Mm -hmm. And people have described that if you go there sometimes at night and you look at look out over the ocean, you will see an island that appears to be made out of crystal or glass appear on the water surface. (laughs) There's also the story of I can't remember. It's another island in the Canary Islands that doesn't actually exist but is thought to have existed at one point. And there's a lot... That was one another story that I was looking at to maybe talk about. And so I'm kind of wondering if this isn't falling in line with that idea, that, you know, this is that missing island, that mm-hmm. legendary missing island. But, so, the island will light up, and an unidentified flying object will light up as well and will rise straight out of the island and will reach a certain height before launching directly at the ravine. And once Hmm. it is launched at the ravine, if it it goes and it hits one of the walls of the ravine and then just disappears into the wall, just gone. Um, There have been reports of people hearing at least two others speaking at night in the ravine, but no one has been able to determine what they were saying. Not because it was too muffled, but because it was in a strange language that no one in the party recognized.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, There are also uh, reports of large black dogs with glowing red eyes, which are never a good sign, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: um, that always appear to just be seen, and then as soon as you see them, they're gone disappear there are some reports that compasses do not reliably work in the ravine and will almost sometimes seem to directly be trying to confuse which direction you're going like you'll be walking due north and then suddenly the compass will turn around and show you going east and then if you start trying to go north again it will take you south and that there's just no rhyme or reason. Like, compasses will just randomly stop working in certain areas of the ravine. Um, electrical equipment also is notorious to stop working in some areas. Just completely will go on the fritz. Um, hikers have reported being disoriented or easily getting lost, even if they're experienced hikers. And like I said before, this isn't a hard trail. This is something I found on numerous, like... Sign up for our tour stuff, you know, mm. visit the Canary Islands. And it's like a $21 hike. Like, it's not some big, arduous, long hike. They're basically saying it's like four hours, including breaks. Like, two two hours to the end and then two hours back. Mm-hmm. It's not some, like, climb up this volcano... <laughs> In Hawaii situation. Yep. So the hikers have reported randomly just passing out in certain areas of the ravine with no known cause. And then waking up in a completely different area of the ravine, sometimes hours later, with no recollection as to what happened.
0: Interesting.
1: And no damage to them, no torn clothes, all their stuff still with them. Some witnesses have also told stories of passing into what seems to be another realm, where the weather, the scenery, all sorts of different stuff changes with no reason, only to go back to normal when they pass through the end of whatever realm they've walked through. So basically the idea of, like, they'll be walking and then suddenly it will just start pouring rain for five minutes and then they keep walking and then it's just dry or Hmm. they'll be walking and then it will suddenly seem like they're in a different area of the ravine or a different place altogether for you know five minutes or whatever and then when they continue walking they just end up where they should have been Hmm. so some people wonder if these are actually abductions by aliens in this area or if there's something even more unusual going on, there is some cause to believe that this could be home to interdimensional portals, allowing people to accidentally travel from point A to point B with no regard of space or
0: time. Okay.
1: <laughs> and so that's the idea of the um, young girl who, mm-hmm. it there's two like lines of thought, basically, if this actually did happen. One is that she was abducted by aliens and held in some sort of stasis. Or she accidentally entered one of these interdimensional portals for what felt like, in our time, 20 years, but to her was just moments that it took to exit the portal. Right. And she wouldn't have even realized that she had walked through something different. Hmm. So I think that alternative dimensions and interdimensional portals and travel and things like that is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I don't know that I, I think alternate dimensions is more believable than our ability to just like whoops upon one. <laughs> but I think it's it's so many interesting things like the, you know, Mandela effects and the people getting a lot like the Matrix, um, where people mm-hmm. just like wake up in a different timeline. It seems like, you know, I was listening to a podcast uh, and that's why we drink and they did an episode where they were just reading stories of people who had a glitch in the matrix experience and one of them was just like this guy lived an entire lifetime and like got married, lost his wife to cancer, had children, all of this stuff, like an entire life. And then just woke up one day and was, like, in sixth grade and remembered everything that had happened throughout his whole life. To the point that he was, like, able to make decisions ahead of, like, what was, like, he knew the answer before it was going to happen. Like, he knew X thing was going to happen before it did. And just, like, insane things like that (laughs) that people, you know, report. And I think that that's such an interesting idea that there's just, like, so much that we might not understand. I mean, there's so much that we obviously don't understand. So, like, thinking that there's even more out there that we haven't even completely conceptualized that could be affecting our lives is so crazy to me. It's such an interesting like existential threat of like <laughs> you know a hundred years ago the half of the diseases we have now didn't even have names like how many animals we found even in just mm-hmm. like the last 20 years like we just found a new frog in the Amazon again like last month or something
0: yeah that's that never surprises me
1: yeah but it's like you know it's, it's just how much we still don't know Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how much will humans know in a hundred years that we had no idea? Yeah, You know, like, how bad hairspray is for everything? Like, and that's, what, 40 years, 50 years? Like, and, like, we're still struggling with the effects of that?
0: <laughs> I, had a, I had a funny example. And I don't remember it was. Oh, good work. The internet.
1: Yeah, I mean, the internet's completely altered how everything forever will operate
0: can you imagine can you imagine George Washington walks in and you're like hey buddy I'll look it up on the internet and he's like the fuck is that the fuck is that thing in your hand yeah am I going crazy
1: yeah I was uh, we listened to um, Nick Offerman's book a lot to go to sleep to gumption and he, he's got a
0: gentle voice he
1: does good voice and um he talks about how like how amazing the internet and everything is but how it's kind of made humans lose some of the sense of wonder because absolutely there's no you don't have to question anything it's great but it's also kind of bad because i don't know isn't really a response anymore Mm because you can just google it I don't know how to do complex math equations or percentages, but you know who does? Google.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, not only that, but it's like for people like you and me, people who are progressive people, it's like, how can you not go on the internet and see what's happening and still think COVID is fake? Yeah. You know, like shit like that. I'm like, you don't you don't get to use um ignorance as an excuse anymore. Yeah, it's a problem It's a easy. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, like obviously, the internet. I mean, to get on a weird internet segue, but you know, it's been so
0: <laughs>
1: hugely. In- I
0: just pictured you on a on a segue <laughs> that said internet.
1: But no, like the the internet has allowed so many people. I mean, you and I are a great example. Of two people who would not have met without the internet, zero percent chance. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people who have the internet has allowed to like find their people, you Mm -hmm. know, like LGBTQIA representation and people, trans assistance, and you know finding other people who are sharing the same experience. As you, at the same time you are, or people who have been there, done that, and can give you advice. Mm-hmm. There's so much that you can find, and it's helped so many people. It's obviously hurt people, too, but it's helped so many people as well, like, to find their group. Like, find a selection of people that maybe someone in small, a small town in Montana doesn't know another single gay person... But there's 50 subreddits, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they know that, you know, that you're not alone, even though.
0: And that means a lot. Yeah.
1: Like when we were growing up pre-internet, I can't imagine like how hard it must have been to feel like, man, I just must be like the only gay person. Like, I must be the only person that feels this way. Mm -hmm. And how reassuring it is to know now that, like, no, I'm not. I can go and find, you know, a YouTube video on how to put together an outfit for, you know, transitioning. Like, how how do I dress like the woman that I am? Because I've never dressed like the woman that I am. Like... Let Mm -hmm. me go to the internet to find assistance on how to do this. How to do my makeup. How to do these things. I learned how to change the handle on a car. Like the, when I broke it on accident. Like, I changed the headlight. Yeah. Yeah, I did that too. Especially, I mean, I did it once I realized that I after I got the wrong light first, because I thought the different one was out. But, I changed two headlights. (laughs) (laughs)
0: but yeah that was a that was a tangent and a half yeah but yes. whatever internet rocks. yeah it's <laughs> and sucks yeah
1: and sucks like
0: people and like a lot of things mm-hmm.
1: there are always gonna be aspects that suck and aspects that rock
0: so tell me the rest of this ravine
1: Oh, uh, that's all i got so i went oh, on the tangent
0: okay. <laughs> gotcha okay i was like i want to hear more about this ravine oh never mind
1: no i mean that was that was pretty much the the big stories that i was able to find about it
0: mhm
1: once i got on to like page 4 and 5 on google it was just advertisements for the tour yeah but i did find some really interesting information about it there's also several youtube videos i didn't have a chance to watch that are all about it and i'm sure that you know destination unknown or ghost adventures or ghost hunters have gone (laughs) i would hope so but it's super pretty like it's it fulfills the it's kind of like that fort that i covered in india where it sort of fulfills like a desire to like go and experience the culture and the beauty but also might be haunted (laughs) Right. <laughs> but I
0: also might get abducted by aliens. It's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, As long as
1: they're cool aliens and not like shitty, mean aliens.
0: You don't want to be probed?
1: Uh, no. No butt probes? Okay. I don't want any fire in the sky shenanigans happening know. to me.
0: Don't yuck the aliens, yums.
1: I'm not. I'm saying I don't want it to happen to me. There's, I'm sure.
0: Consent is important. I'm
1: sure there are tens of people who want to be probed by aliens
0: <laughs> probably you're probably right
1: <laughs> if you are a person who wants to be probed by aliens send us an email <laughs>
0: <laughs> strange and unusual podcast at gmail.com i don't want your emails I, about that i do you just put two roya on those emails <laughs> Two roya all about my desires for butt probing that sounds like a fan fiction. I do not. Or my
1: experiences with butt probing.
0: Have you been abducted no, by aliens? I, I don't want to know about your butt probes. You don't
1: want to know if someone's been abducted by an alien?
0: Excuse I me? I want to know if they've been abducted by an alien. I don't want somebody, some rando to just be like, my boyfriend probed my butt. I will read that on air. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today as we explored the strange and unusual From the Canary Islands. Tenerife, specifically, it seems. Uh, But next week, we will be taking a look at the strange and unusual and probably dead people and murder in Italy.
1: In Italian. In
0: In Spanish. I'm great, I'm great, I'm fine, took my meds, totally normal. We hope that you will reach out to us with your own experiences. She wants to know about your butt probes. So if you your would just alien, send us an email. Alien butt probes. So you did not specify. I'm first, specifying. So you can them in drobes. Well, you know. Robes.
1: You know, if they do. Drobes. <laughs> the, the Spanish Italian drobes, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's uh, the title. Strange the and unusual
0: Podcast at gmail.com. Should we start this over? This was bad. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: absolutely <laughs> okay. not.
0: All right. Uh, but seriously, do you uh, have you ever used real mummy brown? The newest, like the the last container of mummy brown, is younger than my mother. Like my mom was born in nineteen sixty three, and last mummy brown was nineteen sixty four. Can you fucking believe that? Can you believe that? And they still have fucking limbs. Yeah, right. like they need Send to bury those <laughs> limbs.
1: They need to like give that some sort of proper burial somewhere. That's right. Can you imagine working in like a pigment manufacturing place and be and just like Got a couple your, feet over there? Your first day is just like, oh, don't go in there. That's the mummy
0: closet. Like the what
1: now? <laughs> Excuse me. I would be.
0: I would be in that fucking closet. Yeah,
1: be like, where's the key? Oh, that's disgusting. Where you're that meme? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. Anyway,
1: You can also find us on Instagram at podcast or our personal accounts Roya Rampage and Calamity Casey, where we post the weird shit in our personal lives. You can find us on Twitter at underscore strangeunusual at Calamity Casey and at RoyaRampage. We're on Facebook as well. Just search for the Strange and Unusual Podcast. If you'd like to join us, you can over at patreon.com slash strangeunusual. Um, I know that, well, we know right now with everything going on in the world, it's a little bit hard to dedicate some funds to support a podcast for people that you probably don't know. Um, But if you are unable to donate, we totally get it. We just would like you to like, comment, subscribe, review, share, anything that you can do to help get us out to more people that might like to listen to us. We'd really appreciate it and it means a lot to us. If you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, because that's the only one I know that has a reviewing aspect to it, let us know and we will read it on air if it's good. If you don't want us to read it on air just put it like in the review. Please don't read this on air. <laughs> I'll, I'll read bad reviews too, but it has to be five stars. Okay? That's the, that's the rule. You can be like, oh man these two sound dumb. Five stars like you're right thanks for the five stars
0: <laughs> we do <laughs> we admit it freely and openly <laughs> we've accepted our fates and we're glad you have to anyway uh bye Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know cut that however you want i guess it's, that's a mess